I'm Scott McGowan. And I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. Now, I think even for our listeners, too, I think what's important is um, we might be right, we might be wrong, but one thing is we're not afraid. Right. And we have a point of view, and I think that people should hear it. And we're unscripted. We just have free reign for 20 minutes. Welcome to Side Effects with an A. Welcome to Side Effects. I'm Scott McGowan, flying solo today. We've got two guests with us, Casey and Brent from uh, Patient Bond. Thanks yep. for being here today. Happy to be Thank here. Thank you. So we're talking about a really interesting subject, uh, and we're talking about psychographics. So one of the things that when we introduce this to our workforce, one is people are you know like like whoa, um, uh, I'm not psycho, and what the heck does psychographics mean? Um, I, I love it because I'm a squirrel and I love shiny objects and I love things that are new, but when we talk about psychographics from the highest level. Um, what what should that mean to our to our listeners? Sure, and you're right. When you when you hear the word psycho, people start going, "Oh, this is kind of weird stuff." But now the root of it is actually psychology. Okay, psychographics pertain to people's values, their attitudes, their lifestyles, and their personalities, and it's really the root to their motivations, their intrinsic motivations. So if you can understand those core motivations and communication preferences, psychographics allows you to form communications and messaging that are more likely to enhance behavior change. So the second part of that, which is psychographics, uh, in my mind, it tells me it's demographics. It's a little bit beyond demographics because mm -hmm. demographics are kind of measures of physical traits, you know, like age, gender, ethnicity. Right. You know, that tells who a person is, but not why they do what they do. Psychographics takes you a level down to get to their motivations. Well, without a doubt, because we think we, we've had this generational thinking in regards to, you know, where we end up, or yep. whether I be a millennial or whether I'm a baby boomer. Yep. Right, and, and, and I think um, a lot of us have a mindset of this is how we're gonna communicate with those people. Yep. Well, I think right. one of the really interesting things is, uh, and what we typically do as marketers is to go, if we understand four basic components of an individual, we're pretty certain we can change their behavior. So we already address demographics, which is the who. Uh, there's a lot of behavioral segmentation out there, like population health analytics. That tells us what a person's doing. Psychographics is really the best methodology to get at the why, uh, the deep-seated motivations of what causes people to do what they do. And then if you know the why, it tells you how to communicate. What's the mode? What's the frequency? What's the sequence of mm -hmm. communications? So those are the, that's really the power of psychographics when it's married with the who, what. It's the why and then the how. Yeah, because I think it, it really kind of it rooted itself, and I'll just say this, in kind of uh, a retail fashion. Mm -hmm. So when you think of great organizations that understand marketing, so whether it be whether it be colors, whether it be brand, whether it be traffic patterns, whether it be shelf space, yep. right? So they're super intentional about this is how consumers move. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, psychographics are not new to retail and consumer products companies. It might be new to healthcare uh, and employee uh, engagement and things like that. But really, psychographics go back to the 1960s. Okay, and it was groups like Yankelovich that actually took this information. Was it manifested at Woodstock, was it? No, it was not <laughs> manifested. There, there were not some illicit substances that were involved with the gotcha. creation of Although, this. what a great study environment. That, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, Casey and I came from Procter & Gamble, between the two of us, 50 years, and we led all of the psychographic segmentation work in healthcare during that time. 
and uh, improved upon it, evolved it, got it more predictive, more practical until we have the model that we have today, which is highly effective. Yeah, so I th when I think of psychographics in a retail uh, uh, kind of form, and thanks for resetting that, I think, you know, I hear that as consumer, and that's what you're doing to me. Mm -hmm. I think what I love about patient bond, and, and we'll talk about the details behind that, and how psychographics can kind of delve into healthcare. It's not what you're doing to me. It's the potential what you can do for me. And with you. Correct. Too. It's a two-way communication. Correct. So when we talk about how, like how it works, so, so how does psychographics work? Well, there's a, a couple of ways to actually get at the individual psychographic profile. One is we have a 12-question classifier. Uh, that takes about a minute to take. Uh, and in an employer setting, it's pretty easy to do. We also have a national database where we can actually get the names of people and through an overlay process, we can actually project what people's individual well, You know what I love about those questions too, which is really important. It, it isn't, hey Scott, how much do you weigh? Uh, what prescription drugs are you on? It's, it's my thinking around healthcare. Yeah, yeah, the first question is, do you think you can affect how long you live regardless of your family yeah. history? There's really not a right or a wrong answer, right. but you have a belief system based on your mm -hmm. early imprinting. We're either gonna strongly agree, agree, or neither all the way to strongly disagree. And that combination of that answer to that question plus the other 12, there's literally 240 million combinations of how people answer that. It's gonna put you into one of those five different psychographic groupings with 91.1% accuracy, wow. which allows us to do very targeted communications, mm -hmm. as Brent said, to affect the behavior of the individual with them, for them, rather than at them. Because normally what, what, what will happen, without our understanding of the way people think, then what we do is we take one uh, strategy mm -hmm. and we deploy it to everyone. Yep. So how does helping understand where people are and their belief system around healthcare, uh, how does that make what all of us are trying to do, how does that make it better, how does that make it faster? Well, to your point, it recognizes that people aren't all thinking and acting exactly alike, okay? We're not a walking disease state. We're not a walking HR issue. Well, some of us may be, but... Yeah. but we but, might be. <laughs> so, yeah, There's only for everybody. There's <laughs> like, uh, but what we've, what we've been able to identify is that there are five psychographic segments, and it all gets down to individual approaches and motivations with healthcare. And if you can structure your messaging to appeal to and, and, and resonate with that individual based on their personality and their personal psychology, it's going to be a lot more effective. Because again, not everybody from a from gender, ethnicity, age, group, disease state, they don't all think and act alike. Not all millennials think and act alike. And, and, and that's a great point because when we go through all of our research data, we can look at millennials. All five segments are there. Just the distribution is gonna be different from mm -hmm. what our national is. You go to people over age 65, you go to people with heart failure, you go to employees with high absenteeism, all five segments are going to be there. Just that distribution is going to change. But it's very important that for each of those five groupings, you talk to them in a way that's going to best resonate with them. And that's really the power behind this model. Talk to people like they want to be talked to. Yeah, I think we're learning this too, like in the retail sector. So when you look at, unfortunately, uh, the malls. So when's the last time you were at a mall? <sighs> Uh, I go every year to Christmas Santa. Yeah, it's part of my tradition, but that's so about you, it. When you look at the economy of business, right? So that that the, 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 that has shifted the mindset of uh, of people mm -hmm. because of uh, uh, maybe Amazon or different transactions, uh, and the industry has a, has kind of changed and evolved. 
Uh, and I'm sure there are tons of studies in regards to the psychology behind that methodology, mm -hmm. the demographics behind that methodology. When you think of healthcare, so we're taking kind of this retail mentality that was kind of rooted in, in the 60s and the 70s, mm -hmm. and um, now you're driving it into healthcare. What applications does psychographics have for, for healthcare? Oh, there's any number of applications. <clears throat> and at a patient bond, we probably built 50 or 60 different, um, either patient or employee different engagement workflows, but they tend to fall into three basic buckets. Uh, the first one is really wrapped around, uh, can we keep them healthy uh, or keep them loyal? The second bucket is really wrapped around uh, outcomes. Can we get them better? People that have an ailment, what do they need to do to take care of themselves? What was, what was your first challenge? So I came out of P&G, uh, and then all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, I don't know, I get this, I get this healthcare question. So what was the very first challenge that kind of provoked you to think differently? Like, I might be able to take this data. What was, what was the very first healthcare challenge? Yeah, that was actually probably back uh, in the early 2000s when Brett and I did this first study. Uh, we had some very good impact with it at P&G, and we kind of looked at each other and said, boy, this has some mm -hmm. macro play, you know, even for things like heart failure, which has always been one of kind of my personal things is if we can really help one of the most difficult diseases out there. So that's really the first time we thought about it. But when we uh, left P&G, we retired in 2012, we basically built this new model. And our first challenge was at a blue collar plan mm -hmm. where uh, there was roughly 400 employees. Uh, virtually every one of them had some type of endocrine disease, uh, obesity, yeah. uh, diabetes. And they had this diabetes education course. It was 12 weeks and they were doing pretty well getting people to go to it. But we basically went in there, asked the 12 questions, and based on their segment profile, we taught some health coaches two or three sentences to say to encourage people to sign up. We got 72% of people to sign up for this course. Yeah, so the mentality completion rate, so. of this strategy is, um, so I have issues with diabetes. And then a carrier, an insurance company says, well, we'll, we'll put some stuff in the mail to, mm -hmm. your, to your employees. And they're really gonna have to get their, like they're gonna get busy. Um, which, this is no slam on carriers, but um, nobody really wants to look at stuff in their mailbox. Uh, and for the most part, there just isn't a lot of uh, traction. Yep. So when you understand people in a different way, you're, you're basically communicating the same information, but you're communicating it five different ways. Yeah, take your medication. Okay, that's, that's a root uh, message. There's five different ways to talk so to people. So what are those five different that? segments? Uh, the, the five different segments are, uh, and I'll go from uh, most proactive to the most reactive in healthcare, okay? So there's the self-achievers, uh, very goal-oriented, uh, very achievement-oriented. You give them measures uh, where they can start with a baseline and they can progress against those measures. They're going to be very competitive and they'll look at an issue um, as a challenge to be overcome, okay? Uh, they're the most... Uh, invested in research around health and wellness and appearance and all that. The next one is the balance seekers. Okay, the balance seekers are also very proactive. Um, they'll invest uh, time in, in, in nutrition and exercise, but they need options. They need choices. That earlier self achiever uh, that I talked about will listen to what the doctor has to tell them. The balance seeker though is very independent, and they'll say. Whatever that doctor says, okay, that's good, but I'm going to weigh that against a whole bunch of other things. So are you a balance seeker? 
I know. Are I'm you a really? balance seeker, yeah. He's the next one, which is... So you might have gone to the mall. <laughs> uh, <you> know, <laughs> we, I can for, tell you where he doesn't show. Yeah, yeah well, very, I can Actually, very, very digital. Amongst the yeah. um, then you got the priority jugglers, and this is where Casey falls. And uh, this is a group that's going to appear very reactive for themselves when it comes to health and wellness, but very proactive for others. They're going to make darn sure that their loved ones and people that they care for get all of the care that they need. They're, they have a lot of responsibilities that they're chasing, and they want to make sure that uh, they complete that before they take care of themselves. Um, then you've got uh, the group called the active listener. And the active listener is someone that says, you know what, doctor, or any healthcare professional, you're the expert. Just cut to the chase. Don't ask me a lot of questions. Tell me what I need to do. One, two, three different bullet points, and I'll take that because, you know, you went to school for that. I did not. And then the, the, the final group, the Strong Survivors, is actually one of our favorite uh, uh, segments. We've got a lot of friends and relatives. A lot group. of friends yeah. and relatives in this group. It's all about living for today and living for the moment. It, you have to phrase your proposition in a way that they get immediate benefit, and you remove the hassles and barriers and make it very simple. Mm -hmm. This is not the group that you want to say, hey, do all this stuff so you can be healthy 10 years from now so you can watch your kid graduate from school. They love their kid, that's not the issue, but that's a bridge they'll cross 10 years from now when they come to it. So it's to help me understand how I benefit today. So Scott, we always get asked, how do you operationalize this thing? Mm -hmm. uh, and there was an article in Harvard Business Review that said, hey, healthcare better get in gear and get the psychographics. But at the end of the article, it basically says, good luck figuring out how to operationalize it. Uh, so we've worked pretty hard to say at an employer, how can they implement this with ease? And so not only do we build communications around the five psychographic segments, we built a technology platform that can do email, text, voicemails, all that stuff. We can embed actions, meaning ask a question in the communication. Yeah, because let's face it, I mean, healthcare is clunky. It is. It's, uh, it's archaic. It's, for the most part, paper-driven, mm -hmm. uh, which, uh, which is actually a blessing. Because I've even told our workforce, I mean, like, if we were in the business of selling mobile devices, we would have been out of business 10 years ago because mm. we're not fast enough, right? We're not investing enough. Uh, when we think about this industry that's clunky, paper-driven, uh, and unfortunately not as progressive as it should be, it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity to put a dent in healthcare. It is, and you also think about behaviors of individuals. We have physicians who are overweight. We have nurses who smoke. We, have pe we know from our own research, we have cardiac patients, 35% of them, who admit to being a couch potato. So not only is there the clunkiness of how we do mm -hmm. execution, there's the other side of it that said, we're just not ready to receive and be good at healthcare as a consumer. We're just not good at it. So when I think of this very first, um, uh, I'll call it a Petri dish. So um, two guys thinking about, hey, um, we did psychographics in this world. I love the fact that you said we retired. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and, we, and we moved this into healthcare. And then uh, those people, were they in Mississippi? Uh, it was in the Northeast. Okay, Northeast. The very first project. The, the very first the Northeast. project. Okay, so I've got this project. I have a diabetes issue. Is that fair? Mm -hmm. Yep. So you had all the statistics. And you said, hey, and this entity probably says, can you help us move the needle? Right. So you said you had 72% uh, lift. What was the lift prior? Like, where were they at before? It was in the high 40s. It was in the high 40s. I mean, they were actually, the, this employer was doing a pretty darn good job. 
Uh, but they realized that you know, fifty-two percent of their employees, four percent. I'm sorry, four percent of their employees were driving fifty-two percent of all their healthcare mm-hmm. costs, and that metabolic syndrome, the obesity, the mm-hmm. diabetes, and all that was a primary driver. And they just hit a ceiling. They're saying anything you can do to help us get that much further, and uh, that's when we work with their health coaches. And nationally, there's data that shows that about only half of employers offer an active engagement mm-hmm. platform, and when they do, only about 20% of people actually engage. Mm-hmm. So while this employer was probably twice of the norm, uh, it always comes down to most folks are like, how can I do better? And that's but, really why we got engaged. Yeah, I think what's important what you said is, um, number one is, um, so they were better than the norm, mm-hmm. Yeah. right? Yep. But you doubled their success rate. Yep. Yeah. You doubled it. Yeah. Um, which is Which is fascinating. But, you know, it comes down to, it's not magic. It's actually talking to people the way they want to be talked with in an element of respect and personalization. And once you understand that they're people first or a disease or an issue or whatever, second, third, or fourth, then all of a sudden you can make that connection. That engagement mm-hmm. gets a lot stronger. And we just take the methodologies that have been proven over decades on the consumer side and bring that to healthcare to try to make it a little less clunky, like you said. So in future episodes, we're gonna unpack these psychographic profiles for people. Yep. And again, we want people to understand this is not done to you, it's for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of our mission is, is how do we deliver healthier birthdays to people? Which it sounds like that's exactly what you did with those folks in the Northeast, right? We, we did. That's the idea. Yeah, you just lift them up. So when you think of psychographics, how does it continue to evolve? Great question. Um, we've actually taken this out, taken this model outside of healthcare, and looked at things like tattoo removal, dental care, produce. We've even looked at this uh, in religion to see if there are ways to help people uh, kind of come back to the flock, for instance. And we're about to do a finance. We're going to be doing a big finance study hmm. around this too. So it, it, it can extend beyond. Again, it's it's about the science of people is who they are and. Over time, again, we can make it more predictive, more practical. I mean, we're at 91% predictability right now, which is really, really good. But the more you can make this less academic and more practical application, we're going to be doing more market research every other year or so uh, to keep feeding that trough of insights. We're just going to expand the application of this. Yeah, so it's, it, it, it's fascinating to understand because, unfortunately, like we said earlier, is the industry will look at somebody like me and say, well, he's not going to read a text. You know, he's not going to pick up. He, you need to call him on the phone mm-hmm. or send him an email mm-hmm. or he doesn't like email. Um, write him a letter and mail it to his house. Um, all of those for me are epic lies. That's not how I move. And what psychographic profile, what, what it tells, what it tells you is how, how does Scott want to be communicated with? How? And, and it's not just one time. Yeah. I mean, traditional marketing says if you're going to move somebody's mind, you need to have, you know, five, six, mm-hmm. seven, eight different messages. And so what we've been able to do is build that into the technology platform where we're going to send you a series of things at sequencing and mm-hmm. frequency that's right for you. And we're going to try to elicit a response from you. Once you do, that particular engagement or that workflow would stop. But if there's things that you answer where you want help, we can push it to call centers, we can push it to HR departments. So it's a pretty dynamic process that we have where we implement this at, at employers. Yeah, instead of, instead of under, trying to understand a population, a workforce, you're trying to understand a person. 
to impact at the individual and level. And how do you scale population. that? How do you take that and scale it yeah. and make it applicable? So, yeah. so you can do this for one person. Uh, we're just signed up a 77,000 person employer where we're going to do probably a half a dozen different things in the hmm. first year. Yeah. Say, how do we how do we really get to the heart of these people to get them to do some of the things we'd like them to do? Primarily around wellness, staying healthy, being healthy. Well, thanks for putting a dent in healthcare. Thanks for taking um, an industry and, uh, and consumer products, uh, which will invest a ton of money in understanding people. Uh, by golly, if you're selling soap, you better understand where that soap's being sold, who's buying that soap, what the package looks like, the colors, all of that process into, thanks for bringing that strategy into an old clunky industry uh, like healthcare and putting a dent in it. We'll put the case studies uh, and some of them that you've talked about and even some newer ones that you have going on uh, on our website, healthierbirthdays.com. Uh, we want to thank you for being here. Uh, join us on future episodes as we unpack these psychographic profiles and talk about how this will evolve and how it might impact your uh, business. Have a terrific day.